1: This Go Camp Pro podcast is sponsored in part by CampGig. CampGig is more than just a job board. CampGig is designed to be the most useful matching and search tool for camps and camp staff. Camps can sign up today to scan and search through CampGig's vast selection of candidates. If you've ever wanted an easy button for finding your next great camp staff, then head over to campgig.com and set up your camps profile today.
2: Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. We've created and are dedicated to this podcast because we believe that staff training is one of, if not the most important part of your job as a camp director. Staff training is what prepares your staff to care for their kids, to feel confident in their skills, to do their jobs to the very best of their ability and to learn along the way. A well thought out and intentional staff training will help you in more ways than you can imagine. And we need to help each other bring our very best. Welcome to our very first podcast of 2020
1: and we're going to begin by sharing with you who we are. So we'll start with you Ruby. My name is Ruby Compton. I'm the Chief Exploration Officer for Ruby Outdoors. I live in western North Carolina supporting camps and outdoor programs uh, by filling in wherever they need and being basically a freelance camp professional. Excellent thank you and
3: Gabrielle. My name's Gabrielle Rail and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro and Camp Waro is an all girls camp situated in the Laurentian Mountains in Quebec, Canada. And uh, we focus on creating a positive female community. And from the pictures I've seen
2: over the Christmas holidays, it's also buried in snow. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is lovely lovely is. lovely uh, and i'm beth allison i'm co-owner of camp Packer and go camp pro and after 15 years as a director i now have the privilege of working as a camp consultant with my husband travis and my true focus is intentional leadership training and helping camps to build solid and supportive communities And our topic for today is how to best deal with conflict between our
1: staff members. So, Ruby, can you share with us why we chose this topic for today? Short and sweet. Conflict between your staff members will happen, guaranteed, this summer and next summer and every summer (laughs) after. So let's talk about some ways to deal with it. Nice. Well, since you started us off that way, why don't you keep going? How are we going to deal with it? Well, that's, I would say something like that to my staff members. I think that that's the first piece is just being really clear. Um, Whenever I'm going into a situation where I'm teaching about conflict resolution, I tell folks, this is a skill you will use this summer. A hundred percent. You will use it at camp. You will use it with your campers, you will use it with each other, you will use it with your directors, you will use it in your family, you will use it in your personal relationships, you will use it with your friendships. Learning how to navigate conflict is just part of life and a lot of people do not do it well. (laughs) So if we can give folks some tools for how to do it better, that is already giving them a leg up to being um, better able to handle sorts of situations and I think it's pretty amazing how just a basic roadmap of dealing with conflict um, how that can be applied to all kinds of stuff be it the homesick camper or two campers that have gotten in a fight or um, a staff member that you're having drama with however whatever that looks like that there's some pretty basic skills you can teach um, that will apply across the board so the the roadmap of conflict resolution and um, the system that I've been teaching in the last year or so is from Dr. Marshall Rosenberg. Uh, He wrote a book called Nonviolent Communication. You can watch YouTube videos about it. There are plenty of podcasts out there about it. Uh, But basically, it's four steps. Uh, OFNR, O-F-N-R, is the uh, acronym to remember. So it's observation. State what's going on uh, and don't use judgment language, right? So just state facts. Uh, then F is feelings, use those I think I feel statements. Um, N is needs, so share what it is that you need for things to go forward or what needs are not being taken care of. And then R is requests. So make a request of the other person can we do this plan together what what might that look like so observations feelings needs and requests and uh i it's It will change how you look at things. (laughs) It will also, like I said, provide tools uh, for lots of different situations, including dealing with parents too, because I know today we're kind of focusing on staff, but being able to manage conflict is, especially with your leadership team members, folks that may be answering phones or talking to parents while they're at camp, checking in their camper, um, they're gonna need some of those conflict resolution skills as well. So um, check out Dr. Marshall Rosenberg, nonviolent communication, I think you'll find some great tools there. Excellent. We are off to a great start.
3: All right. Gab, what have you got? I, I agree with Ruby with the um, telling our staff that conflict is going to happen. Um, and uh, I like what Ruby was saying about uh, we're going uh, to teach you how to deal with conflict well. And I think that the majority of people don't deal with conflict well and here at camp, letting people know here at camp, we're gonna teach you how to do this well. And trust me, you'll have plenty of practice um, and, and we'll help guide you through it. Um, for me, it's educating our staff why this happens. And so uh, we know that conflict um, equals, uh, is a byproduct of comfort. It means we're starting to get comfortable with each other and, and therefore true feelings start to emerge. Also expectations versus uh, the reality starts to collide a little bit um, and and we're not quite sure what the solution is. So we have to sort of come together and figure out what a solution is. It's something that you can't usually figure out on your own, so we end up feeling stuck. So my first step is when I'm hiring staff members is to ask them the question, um, you know, tell me about a time where you were in a situation where there was high conflict and I asked them to, maybe reflect back at a school project or maybe even camp. And I ask them, um, you know, what was that experience like for you? And in hindsight, what would you change about that uh, situation if you could change something? And this gives me uh, a launch pad to, to talk about, about conflict at camp and educate people that it is going to happen and, and, and set up the expectations of what we, what we want at camp for and how we want them to act and um a lot of the, some of the times for me it's a very big telling piece when you have somebody that says i never get into conflict with people i always smooth things over um i hired somebody that did very poorly in that question and i'm not saying that that question is the one that tells you if a staff member is going to do well or not but against my better judgment because she had all of the other experiences that we were looking for um we hired her and and she ended up going home early because she had, she was unable to come forward when she was having issues. And, of course, it, it blew up and uh, didn't, you know, didn't work well for her. So camp wasn't the right place for her. So I, I, I like asking them that specific question and then setting expectations uh, for the summer to let them know uh, what we expect from them. And one of the things that we've developed over the past 15 years, which I've mentioned a couple of times on our podcast and some of our sessions, is the ACT program. And so, similar with OFNER, I think they can actually pair very nicely together. ACT program, um, I think uh, one of the pieces that AFNER doesn't have is uh, so the acronym stands for Awareness, Communicate, and Together. And I think that um, the, the awareness piece, so awareness of when you were upset, and I think that's a big part of staff members. They wait way too long. And until until they cry or until they it explodes. And what we're looking for is, is that pebble in the shoe um, that they notice it right away and they come forward right away. So the awareness of, of when they're upset, communication, so talking with somebody that can help them. And then together is a really important part where we're teaching staff members that we're problem solving together. As a camp director, I might not have all the solutions, nor do I want to be the person that comes up with a solution to fix somebody else's problem. I want them to be part of that. And that's an important part. So in our interview process, we actually talk about the ACT program, and they also have to sign the contract that they will follow the ACT program. So this is a, a very important piece of, of, of uh, just pre-hiring at Worrell.
2: Nice and I'm so glad that you mentioned that Gab because it's such a great um, acronym and a great program that you've created and I know so many camps that are using it because of you um, and finding it a way for their staff to navigate their way through conflict. Uh, Let me preface all the things that I'm going to say today by encouraging you to work really hard on building intentional community with your people. Staff who feel cared for and supported and who are Head over heels in love with your camp's mission and its purpose will always approach conflict from a better place. They'll be more willing to work on resolutions together and they'll focus their energy on making the world a better place. All that being said, they'll still need guidance and a lot of support along the way, but don't forget to really work on that community building piece. Before camp starts this summer, I would suggest that you get together with your leadership team, your supervisors, those those group of people um, and make a list together of what could cause conflict between staff members this coming summer. So you come up with a list of things like um, personality differences or certain behaviors that others may find irritating. Uh, Maybe the unmet needs of staff or perceived unfairness of policies or resources or unclarified rules. I don't know if unclarified is a word, but unclarified rules Uh, mismanagement of maybe organizational change or transition, poor communication or differences over ways to do things or goals or just completely different perspectives because they've come from different places. So just make a big list together and do the work now with this team to set your summer staff up for success. So maybe you also need to even interview some of last year's summer staff and get their input and if you do be sure you explain why you're asking for their input so you want to tell them what you're up to and that you're working to make staff relationships stronger and um, easier for them so decide which of the items on the list that you've created that you can actually be proactive about now are there things that you need to be clear with on your staff Uh, on your policies that you need to set up or implement and be perfectly clear on? Do you need to do work on community building and so on? So make those decisions together. Now's the time, I think, to make certain that policies and communication are clear and consistent and that your rationale and your thinking behind these decisions is really transparent. So figure out ways together that you can ensure that all of your staff understand that they are, so not just the supervisors, but all staff are accountable for resolving conflict, big and small, and decide together as the leadership team that you will not ignore conflict, or that the taking of steps to prevent it even if this is uncomfortable is not something that you will avoid so conflict resolution is for me one of the hardest things to do well i i would prefer to avoid it if i could but i know that i shouldn't Um, but it's not something that um, most people are comfortable with so having these conversations now will really help and get that team to see the importance of seeking to understand the underlying emotions of the people that are in the conflict. And I think Ruby and Gab have touched on this already and ask them to keep in mind that approaches to resolving conflict may depend on the circumstances of the conflict and also on the personalities of the individuals involved. So doing something like a true colors personality test, for example, and doing it properly and well during leadership training can help all your staff to understand how each of the personalities works and reacts during conflict and then how to best approach issues when they do arise. So get proactive now, have formulas in place that as a group that team of people believes in and is on board with. And one helpful hint, last helpful hint that I'm gonna give in this little section, when training supervisors um, to deal with conflict is a list that I came across years ago and I tried to find it again um, so I could source it for you, but I have no idea where I found it from, but I've just always kept it. And one of the things I used to teach staff who were supervising others is the ways to ask a question without blame. So um, the questions are, and you don't have to ask them all, but you have a, a list to start with, How did it happen? Can you tell me about it? Help me to understand because I'm a little confused. Um, Can you tell me more? What can be done to help this situation? And can we figure out a fair way to solve this? So these were just ways that they could ask questions in a situation without sounding like they were placing blame before they had all the information. All right, Ruby, what else have you got?
1: Yes, yes. So I'm gonna segue with that. In general, when we can train our staff to pull out judgment to recognize judgment and to pull that out of their language and replace it with help me understand uh really listening repeating back like those are some of your key key skills that are going to be game changers Um, and sometimes when we're practicing with like absolutely you should be using Uh, scenarios you're going to have at camp things are going to happen with other staff or with campers or whatever Uh, but I recently did a training where we watched the scene from the movie The Breakup where Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn are um, in a a pretty nasty fight as a married couple right and uh, there are there it's just classic like one yelling over the other, them not really hearing each other. Um, and so I did a little bit of training on conflict resolution, how to communicate in conflict. And then we watched this clip and I said, okay, you know, what did you see? What did you notice? What could have been done differently? And so then I gave the scenario of, all right, we're gonna pretend like these folks, no matter how the movie ends, like we're gonna pretend that uh, these folks, where the scene ended, they went off, they cooled off for an hour and they came back to the table and sat down and talked. And this time they use these great conflict resolution skills that we've talked about so far. How would that conversation go? And so they were practicing a scenario that's not even really tied to them in any way, shape or form. So you don't get quite as emotional about it, right? And so then you can talk about that piece that when we are having conflict, a lot of times we are pretty emotional in the moment. And so sometimes we need to practice these skills when we don't really have uh, any sort of skin in the game. Um, That also brings to mind something that was said at the Women in Camp Summit that I can't remember if we've said yet on the podcast, but this idea, uh, this was brought up during um, our our panel with some fabulous female legends of the camping industry. Um, And the statement was made that, um, I believe by Jane Sanborn, that texts should never be emotional. It's totally fine to use text mm. to be able to coordinate where you're going to meet and, and pass along logistics information. But as soon as it has, either of you starts to get a little bit emotional, you need to pick up the phone or you need to coordinate a meetup. Um, and I would say that's true for if your camp still uses radios, right, that we never want to be passing along this information in kind of like short form, you know, where you don't get all the the visual and verbal and nonverbal cues that we get when we are like face to face with somebody or side side to side with them. So um, I think that's a good idea to teach your staff, even if they're not using cell phones at camp, say this is a good strategy for when you all are working together outside of camp and you're you know going this place or that place. If anybody's getting emotional, we just have this policy, or we have this guideline, or the expectation in our community is that you will pick up the phone and call uh, versus getting really steamed about it. Um, And I think teaching folks to, to listen, because that idea, Beth, you said, that we want to listen to understand, and that typically we have been raised to listen to respond. And so instead of sitting there thinking about what's my response going to be, Rather, help me understand what is happening here. Help me walk in your shoes. Help me really see your side of the story Okay, now that I've heard your side of the story, can you try to see it from my viewpoint? And then we can figure out where's the space between that we're going to walk together. Uh, So I think saying that to your staff that one of the skills you're going to learn this summer, and I'm going to challenge you to do, is to listen to understand rather than to listen to respond. And that may mean that there is more silence in your conversation because if I'm really listening to what's being said, then I'm listening to the whole thing. I'm not assuming what the end of the sentence is going to be and then ready to jump right in with whatever my response is. I'm really taking in everything that's said, processing it, maybe even thinking before I start talking and then saying something. And that's, not natural That <laughs> is not how we have typically all been taught to operate so uh, I think if you start sharing those sort of skills with your staff and have them practice it tell them that silence in a conversation is okay or if you're really uncomfortable with that silence saying hold on I'm thinking about that right now or let me think about that for a moment um, that that can help buy some think time that can be very helpful
2: I love it very very wise
1: Gabrielle, what else
3: have
2: you got?
1: I, like to, I would like to
3: go over um, the I statement piece because we, we, we talked about it very quickly, but I, I can't emphasize enough the importance of teaching your campers and teaching your staff members to use I statements. You know, I think, I feel in my experience, et cetera, et cetera, um, and getting your staff members to help their campers um, use I statements because... When staff members themselves are having conflicts, or even before they're having conflicts, being able to own your own experiences is going to be such a helpful tool when it comes to unmeddling, unmuddling um, any scenarios that are in the sense of having conflict with your staff members. I had two particular staff members a couple of summers ago, best friends, who applied to be co-co-somethings together, and um, one always spoke for both of them you know we think that this is the best way to go forward with this we think and i kept pausing and saying i understand that you both had a meeting beforehand and you're presenting something to me i really much prefer saying that you say i and the other person can say i agree and i got a lot of eye rolls from my my two young staff members be like "Ugh!" and you know we're not campers anymore gab you know this is and and i said i i still want to stick with it and even in myself i was a little bit i said well this is ridiculous like i'm really taking this too far until near the end of the summer, one of those staff members had told me that the other one was always trying to take over, was always trying to assimilate the two of them, was always, and and it brought me back to the importance of individuality, the importance of people taking responsibility for their own actions, their own experiences, and the power that we're, sometimes our young staff members are being robbed by not having a space of saying, this is my experience or this is not my experience. So, Having I statements, teaching your staff members to to teach their campers to do that, but then using it also with them and not even in um, conflict situations, pre-conflict, so that it's already built in for, for when you are having conversations. And then training your leadership team on camp conflict resolution. <clears throat> I like to use um, VIP, so that stands for validating Feelings, investigating, um, and then, again, problem solving. So with a leadership team member, we if somebody's upset, we want to validate the experience that they've gone through, investigate the entire piece of why they're upset, and then um, together we can come up with a solution. And that's a nice way for leadership team members to sort of calm uh, the situation. I also uh, think that sometimes uh, it's very important to teach people the power of mirroring that when there is somebody that that's upset, um, the, you can find a lot of great research on mirroring. Uh, the, the most powerful mirroring that's out there is that of a child and a mother um, relationship. So I like to use that as an example. You know, your mom calls and to say hi, but her voice is just a little higher than usual. And then you hang up the phone and now you have a panic attack and you don't even know why you're having a panic attack. Well, you're mirroring your mother's, perhaps her own feelings. And so when there are conflict situations, we, we tend to, um, if somebody comes to you upset, we tend to be defensive. Even if it's not about you, there's high, high emotions. And that's just an evolutionary thing that we've developed over the years, but the importance of calming down. And that's why the investigating investigation on information is really, really important because we can't listen to the emotion. We can validate the emotion, but we have to also look at the facts and we need to calm ourselves down. So with, um, with our leadership team members, especially young ones, letting them know the perspective is not all your staff is in conflict right now, not everybody's upset, but you 're experiencing sort of the the, the, the fine point of you 're dealing with these uh, these conflicts and you and 're trying to help them um, but but it might not be as bad as you think it is. We still have to see it through so that it's uh, it 's resolved so so just educating your your leadership team, giving them those tools and giving them a little bit of the background knowledge of emotion and the intense emotion and how we need to calm ourselves down uh, in these conversations.
2: Another great acronym from Camp Waro.
3: Yep. <laughs> Beth has really rubbed off on me and when it comes to acronyms uh, which I never used to do and now I'm like this is genius
1: (laughs) I I had had a work (laughs) I had a wilderness medicine instructor who would say crack open a can of calm just crack open that can of calm (laughs) (laughs) I love that I love that too
2: yeah um now that you've done work with your supervisors before camp starts or your leadership team you can think about how you will work with your whole staff during the summer so what i would suggest is setting some guidelines together during staff training about how to deal with conflict when it arises and we've already mentioned front-loading with your staff that conflict will happen and that they will get annoyed or frustrated or outright fuming mad with one another at some point during the summer is much healthier, I think, than simply conveying the message that at camp, we all love one another and we care for each other, so it's very unlikely that there will be any kind of conflict. And I have visited camps who kind of have that philosophy. We are all human and working at camp, even in the most amazing of communities can be very, very stressful. So we need to do what we can to prepare ourselves for the stress. As a group during training, I would suggest running a session all about conflict and of course getting their input and i'd begin by putting them in small really intentional groups and asking them asking them to discuss what could be the causes of conflict at camp so give each group an opportunity for discussion and then debrief it as a whole so make a huge list together and if you're all being honest it will be a huge list and be sure that people have a chance to explain why some item on their list may cause conflict because not everyone will see all of these things as an issue. So it's all about building community and trust and cooperation before you run into these conflicts. Then decide together the types of boundaries, um, the rules of engagement, the formula that you all wanna use when facing conflict this summer so again you may want to do some of this work in smaller groups and then of course you need to debrief together as a whole but be sure that you put trusted and experienced staff in each group to help guide your conversations and i've had the honor of working with some super smart people over the years and i have seven guidelines that my staff came up with for dealing with conflict so these were the rules that they decided um, as a community that they wanted to make sure were in place and so number one um, will come as no shock to anyone but do not gossip about the conflict. (laughs) So this one's huge and it will require lots of reminders, but that was the first thing they uh, came up with. The second one was to address the conflict sooner rather than later. So I think Gab touched on this already, but we don't want things to snowball, especially if the problem turns out to be a simple misunderstanding or something relatively small. So after we came up with this one, a wise staff member added that that being said, and Ruby touched on this as well, it's best to leave some space between a heated conflict and an attempt at a resolution, because we all can deal things with things better when we're calm. Uh, number three was discuss the problem face-to-face. And this is likely something they don't have a lot of experience with yet. Um, and as Ruby was talking about with what Jane said, so many of our young adults now deal with conflict, fights, breakups all those kinds of things through text messaging. So this is where they're gonna need some practice and coaching because they don't have that experience. And our staff also added that if you're having people sit down together to deal with an issue, make sure that you allow plenty of time so nobody feels rushed and they feel like they have been heard. Number four that they came up with was ask them to try to find common ground. So um, we both want this project to work or we're both passionate about Camp's mission. Helps to remind both parties why we're all here in the first place. Their number five was keep an open mind and listen. And Ruby talked to us lots about that. and explaining to them that they may not both walk out of a meeting together in complete agreement, but that the point of resolving conflict isn't about getting one person to entirely change their mind, but it's about being open-minded so you can find enough common ground and a solution for moving forward. We need staff to comprehend that the key ingredient to understanding another's point of view is listening to how and why they feel how they feel so when you practice these things at leadership training have them listen to their partner hear them out and not interrupt but once they've made their case make sure staff understand that it's okay to ask respectful and thoughtful questions if they feel unclear about points that were raised because what we're really trying to do is just try to understand one another that is the whole point. point um, six is when it's your turn to talk stay calm often easier said than done when there's conflict there but there's steps that you can take to help yourself stay calm and collected so what we did then was we asked staff to share with us some things that they've tried or they've seen other people try that can help us to stay calm when we are upset so for example one of the things they came up with was going into you know a, a mediation meeting with someone um, by with a list of key points ahead of time that they really wanted to make sure they got across and then they had something to stick to rather than getting sidetracked by anger or hurt feelings and the final one is to know when you need to involve a third party so we're all adults on staff and most disagreements can be successfully handled between two people who aren't seeing eye to eye but there will always be exceptions and we should all be aware of those so decide ahead of time like now (laughs) what situations must involve a third party and who that third party should be. So your staff should understand, do they go to you? Do they go to a a unit head, a head counselor? Who is it that they're supposed to um, go to when they have issues with um, specific types of staff? Um, And communicate these really clearly to them and then ask them to add any other issues that they might think would require someone else, like a third party to help them find a solution. Conflict can be a really great learning experience and we want our staff to understand this after the conflict has been resolved what i would often do is ask them to think about it so how did you handle it how could you have handled it better how did you come up with a resolution so asking them to reflect on the experience whether it's in a conversation with you or with the other person or maybe they're going to write in a journal or maybe your group's going to have a discussion about a this similar topic not involving names or any specifics of course that kind of discussion can help staff to really grow so Ask them to be introspective after they've had some conflict and recognize how their own actions may be contributed to the issue, even if they weren't intentional. And ask them what was said that then helped to find the resolution. So like all things at camp, what we wanna do is get them to use the process as a learning experience. Front loading will be your best friend here. It certainly will not avoid conflict altogether, wouldn't that be great? Um, But it can set the groundwork for better communication and real growth for them. So I would often talk to my staff about two doors. When in conflict, you have two choices. You can go through the door that says, I'm dealing with it, or you go through the door that says, I'm letting it go. But you have to choose a door. You can always come back through and choose another door, like when letting it go maybe isn't working for you, but you can never just stand in the doorway. So often during conflict, I would hear my staff say to one another, you're standing in the doorway, so pick a door. So that was our code. Um, We used to say to them, pick a door, um, but come up with yours, whatever that happens to be, or steal ours, um, but pick a door. Ruby, one last hint for us, one last lesson or something brilliant. (laughs)
1: um brilliant brilliant. (laughs) that's a lot of work um (laughs) i will just add that the version i love the door metaphor i'm gonna steal that and use it because it's great uh the version of that that i a, a similar concept was the idea of never let anyone live rent free in your head um which is Sometimes people get nervous about bringing up conflict, or like, will they still be my friend? And uh, sometimes it's it is emotional. And uh, if you are mulling over something, if if somebody is is in your head because of something they said or they did, they're living rent free in your head. They should be thinking about it too. And I don't throw out around shoulds very often, but this is a situation where I do because. I do think that it's not fair to you if you're upset or frustrated by something that's happened and they have no idea. Um, and I think that happens pretty regularly at camp. And I, I think it's really helpful if we as camp directors and camp leaders will teach our staff some of these things that um, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, they may never have really had to go face a conflict on their own. And so their default may be like, I go get the teacher. I go get the authority. That's the person that helps me work through this or I avoid it. Um, And so when we can offer them some tools, I had folks come into my office all the time and they were like, I, you know, this person, can you talk to this person about this thing? And they're my co-counselor and whatever. And I was like, it's going to be really awkward if I'm like, Hey, somebody told me that you're like not hanging out of the cabin at night. It would be a lot less awkward if you would just say it because you're the one who's observing it and I'll role play with you and practice but why don't you give it a try and so I think for directors understanding that we need to reprogram ourselves from being the superheroes and being the people who always step in and do the work and sometimes we need to turn them back around and say go go do this work you can do it Um, and then just the last little piece that I'll throw out there on this is the idea of When we are facing like physically facing face-to-face with each other that says to our brains like you are the problem You are the issue. So if you can train your staff to turn side-by-side and look at the issue together um, Then it's a lot more likely you'll have a collaborative solution come up Um, And again that works with campers that works with parents. It's it is a physical um, Thing that affects our mental status and how we're viewing something taking a walk while discussing something that's tricky that gets your brain going a little bit better it makes those silences that may be happening in the conversation a little more normal a little less awkward Uh, so remind staff that conflict doesn't have to look like we're all sitting in a circle and like you know saying we're never we're not going to share anything that happens out of this circle anywhere else you know like it can look like we're walking taking a walk around the lake or um, even just kind of like sitting I bet a lot of you have nice views at camp, and maybe it's sitting in rocking chairs, looking out at it in a nice view, and talking through a situation. That's going to help keep that calm. See, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Gab,
3: um, what do you have
2: to end us up with?
3: Yeah, I, I really like that, Ruby. I was just picturing like rocking chairs and Me um, too. swings. Um, you know, like and and I think I think it's you get as 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 Beth says often, you need to front load with your staff we need to set expectations and then we need to prove it to them. We need to prove that this works. Um, I like to, I think it's important to create buy-in with your staff. And one of the ways that, um, that I do that is, um, by talking about, you know, how we grew up and, um, you know, that most of our, you know, parents or teachers or people of authority have said, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all and that actually doesn't work. Um, what happens is that's something that that builds up and either way you might be able to not say something nice to the person but it's gonna create distance between you and that person. And our goal here at camp is to treat, create life skills for our staff members, for our campers and we need to start on ourselves. So we have to practice this ourselves. And I think that um, since I run uh, an all girls camp, we talk a lot about women being able to take space, women be able, being able to be uncomfortable and say, this made me uncomfortable. And together, let's try to work on that. And I think that's equally um, translatable to men with toxic masculinity and sucking things up and um, you, know, th- you know, things don't bother, don't bother you. I think that we can look at, at the bigger picture of what we're trying to do. And w- when we're dealing with conflict, A lot of us the majority of us avoid because we don't want to hurt people's feelings Um, and we've all pretty much almost guaranteed have had negative experiences in the past when you've tried to talk to somebody and it didn't work and I think it's okay to acknowledge that with your staff members that perhaps in the past you have tried to approach somebody and it went poorly and that's where we need to practice it Um, there is a way of doing this and the actual other side of conflict when we avoid conflict, we're avoiding the solution. We're avoiding making our organization better. We're avoiding making ourselves better. And we're also unfortunately creating that distance between you and that person. It's not, it will create that gap. So we have a bigger picture and it's our campers, but we have to start with ourselves. So I think trying to create buy-in with your staff members and and hopefully the majority of your staff members are there for campers and putting that in perspective will help them. Maybe give examples of things that have why your campus better because people have come forward and the solutions that have come out of it. Um, Just like Beth was talking about her staff coming up with that list of of seven. That's something that now is part of of the staff culture and that That's because uh, Beth and Travis created space, a space for them. I think the other thing is that sometimes people don't understand the difference between gossip and venting and I think telling your staff members, the way I look at gossip and venting personally, is that venting is letting steam out and hope, and and the goal is that we're over it. Um, we're done, we're done with it. So you, you can vent once, but once you start gossiping and you're talking about it a second time or a third time, now you're doing it with no hope of, of finding a solution. So the difference between venting and gossiping is uh, is the solution. Venting, sometimes at the end you feel better, or if you vented and you don't feel better, then you know you need to take action and find somebody that you can talk to to help you with, with, uh, with that. And it doesn't mean that the person of authority is going to come in and mediate, but maybe a person of authority can help you brainstorm on how to approach that person. So gossip means you don't care if things get better uh, you actually don't want things to get better. Venting means that your hope that the goal is for things to get better. So that's just sort of the difference between between all of it. I think the last thing is that maybe for some people that may or may not know, I, I had an opportunity to work on a pilot project for, for NASA for astronauts. And to know that uh, the reason why I ended up working with on this project was uh, through a professor. And the main reason why was because the astronauts we have were dealing underneath extreme stress there was high conflict because um they did not they were not taught how to sort of work together as a team and so this professor was asked to develop a, pro, a project uh, program of conflict resolution for um, for the astronauts and what it came down to was really about them getting to know each other and building that connection with the with the astronauts within themselves within the team like beth mentioned at the very beginning And so for you as a director, I think connecting with your staff members and reconnecting with your returning staff members is building that trust and teaching your leadership team members that they have to find something in common with every single staff member, if that's possible, underneath their umbrella, but even outside of underneath their umbrella, so that when poop hits the fan, that they're an ally to that person and not somebody that they have to fear. But that's going to, for me, the goal is to find that connection that's just special between you and that individual Um, and i work on doing that with my staff members during before they arrive to camp but especially during staff training every single staff member i have to have had a connection with them so that when i do need to talk to them about tough stuff they know that i'm on their side and i really am Um, and your staff need to be able to feel that and it's an important message to pass on to your leadership team members as well
2: excellent thanks gab And last for me, when conflict occurs, I think that great camp leaders continue to believe that staff are worthwhile and capable and accountable. And we can practice compassionate accountability by balancing care and concern and kindness with goals and aspirations and standards. And Camp Stomping Grounds Foundation is, if you've ever heard them speak, everybody knows, it's radical empathy and Laura Kriegel who is one of its founders she says that seeing conflict as an opportunity for innovation and connection has the chance to change the world and jack and laura have taught us that trying to better understand others is the core to building more authentic and deeper connections They say it all the time in all of the talks that they've ever given and all the sessions that they've ever run. And admitting to ourselves and to others that we will never completely see the world through their eyes is the first step towards being able to remove that judgment and shame. And this quest to remove judgment and better understand another person's worldview is one of the most powerful community builders we have. So thanks Jack and Laura for making sure that that's out there Uh, in our industry and that you're working hard on that. Empathy is a learned trait. It's our ability to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes and understand how they're thinking or feeling, but it can be developed and it can be trained. So spend some time during training working specifically on radical empathy. So it's the idea that transformation, transformative change can come through listening compassionately, openly and genuinely to what others are saying and therefore coming to understand who they really are and what they really want and what it does is bridges divides and validates the uh, the other person's humanity and we've we've talked about this in a number of podcasts but once humans feel understood and cared about as people they're that much more able to have that open conversation that honest conversation about conflict in a really meaningful way so we really strongly suggest that you practice every day during training pairing people up and having conversations about topics that they disagree on you can start small and super easy like crunchy versus smooth peanut butter uh, and then each day have the topics become a little bit more difficult so don't forget to debrief how people felt those conversations went and what they learned and what they need to practice more on if we can teach our staff to see conflict not as something to be feared and avoided But as a unique opportunity for growth and development, then I think we're going to be miles ahead of any other industry. There are three tricks um, for the trade for resolving workplace conflict. And I I found them in a book um, by Jeffrey Krivis, I think is how he pronounces it. And it's called Improvisational Negotiation. And so his three things are let people tell their story. When people are deeply upset about something, they need to get their story out. Number two, he says, is to bring a reality check to the table. So oftentimes in a conflict, parties are so focused on minutiae that they lose sight of the big picture and all of its implications. And number three is identify the tr- true impediments. So in every conflict, ask yourself, what's the true motivating factor here? What's really keeping this person from agreeing to a solution? As we've talked about all day today, conflict at camp is inevitable. We're always going to be dealing with people who have different personalities and approaches and ideas. It's the beauty of camp. But some of your staff members will arrive at camp with a good set of conflict resolution skills of their own, but not everyone will. And especially in this day and age of technology and less and less face-to-face communication, not every situation is manageable for them without some outside help. So as leaders, we have to be really proactive about conflict. And this is hard when we're in charge of tens or hundreds or thousands of people. It's easy to let conflict get out of control, but we need to be on top of it we need to try to find a way to harness conflict and turn it into something positive. Because when we handle it properly, staff who've had conflict with each other can have a new respect for each other and for themselves. And if we can help them to understand their own behavior and the behavior of other people, then we've given them tools that will help them resolve conflicts on their own in the future. So Gab, it is that time, it is recap time. What have you got for us today? Um,
3: well, I was just gonna add one little thing oh, to please. what you were saying. Um, I think also as camp directors, inevitably, I think one of the wonderful things of camp directors is that we care a lot and we care so much about helping our staff members. But if you do have a staff member that is violating your guidelines, the front-loading that you did in staff hiring, the training that you did during staff training, and they're unwilling to problem-solve or they're unwilling to come forward or take responsibility, it's okay to let them go. And often, sometimes camp directors need almost hard uh, evidence of proof that a a staff member has, has messed up to let them go but just know that maybe camp isn't for them and um, and conflict comes up because um, because they are unhappy for other reasons uh, or that it's just not the same, it's not the right place for you. So, so it's okay to let people go uh, and your staff members will also get that message that that type of behavior is not accepted within your organization. And I know that the caring part of camp directors sometimes causes uh, the, the difficulties of letting somebody go but the, it is an important part for your staff so it's okay to do so
2: just want right to yes thank you for adding that piece. in I yeah. appreciate that great
3: yeah. we care a lot all right so it is uh, recap recap <laughs> camp code recap all right um, <clears throat> Staff conflict, Uh, make sure every staff member gets a conflict guaranteed certification at the very beginning of your staff training or in their hiring chat. Uh, Also educate them in a couple of acronyms. We have oftener, observation, feelings, uh, needs, requests. We have act, awareness of an issue, communicate. Together let's come up with a solution. VIP, validate information, uh, validate feelings, discover information and problem solve together. We also have the SMOOTH7, it's not an acronym, (laughs) but it's from Beth and it's do not gossip, snowball, discuss uh, face-to-face, let's come on common ground, um, uh, open-minded, listening, stay calm, third party, and she's added a little asterisk at the bottom that is reflect on. Speaking of do not gossip, what's the difference between gossiping and venting? Well, (laughs) venting, we want it to be resolved. Gossiping, we do not, we do not accept non-solution individuals within our organization also pick a door deal or let it go or let them go that is okay as well um when it comes to staff members we want to educate them support them and prove to them that we are trustworthy if they cannot get on board uh maybe we can do a little bit more training or not they can also walk through that door uh, and that is the end of our uh, recap for today
1: so Excellent good
2: job so good and may I just point out that I did not have an acronym today just- yeah. <laughs> it's 2020 <laughs> I,
3: I just I just I just saw outside in the corner of my eye though that I think is actually a really good exercise is the breakup exercise that uh, Ruby put in with yep. and um, and Jennifer Aniston I love that exercise so uh, also perhaps do that too that's a great idea yeah. all right thanks for the
2: recap here's how you folks can get involved in the podcast you can join us um, of course by using hashtag camp code and let us know the topics you'd like us to discuss any guests that you would recommend we talk to and we've got a couple of interviews coming up in the near future and you can share with us any great leadership training tips that you have and of course we would love to hear from you because we're all about sharing in this industry And a little more about sharing, you can share with us if you found this podcast to be useful. We would love it if you could leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. And you can do that by going to camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes. Or you can tweet your love of the show by going to camphacker.tv slash campcode love. Your feedback will help us keep the show going. And here's how you can contact us individually. So Ruby, we'll let you go first.
1: Sure, you can be in touch with me, Ruby at rubyoutdoors.com. I am also on Instagram as rubyoutdoors and on Twitter as Lynn 85
3: Thank you, Gabrielle. You can check out where I work at waro.com, O U A R E A U.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at Gabrielle Rail. Rail has two L's.
2: Thank you. And you can find out more about me at GoCamp.Pro or email me directly at Beth at GoCamp.Pro. And I'm on Instagram at TopazFae, F-A-E. So Ruby, what is our
1: next podcast topic? Our next podcast is going to be about culture shock and training international staff.
2: Nice. It is the time to start thinking about that. <laughs> um, wonderful. And our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training. And again, we would love to hear from you, um, your most effective tips. So send them our way and you can um, do that by email or Twitter with the hashtag #CampCode. Ruby, our best practice this week.
1: So Ruby Compton, the host of Camp Code. Can you tell me about Ruby and your vast experience working with uh, summer camp staff and staff teams? Can you tell me about one of the best staff members that you've ever had? I had to pick just one? Yeah, just one. Okay. uh, Well, the first one that comes to mind is someone who attended an outdoor school. So had some experience with backpacking and climbing and paddling. Um, This was someone who had some experience working with kids, especially in that age range that we work with, and really understood that camp is a marathon and not a sprint. Huh. Sounds like the pretty ideal candidate. For sure. Totally was. So wouldn't it be great to have some information like that on a job board? Yeah, absolutely. Well, at CampGig, you can view multi-level staff profiles that help you feel like you've been friends from way back with that potential hire. It's really easy to set up and very easy to start finding the best camp staff ever. You can set up your camp's profile today and find your next great camp hire at campgig.com. Hold on. What's that website again? Campgig.com right on. I'll check it out. Yeah, so we talked about earlier about motivating staff to be able to handle conflict and enter into some of those conversations. So I almost always start my conflict resolution training with a specific YouTube video. We will link it in the show notes. Uh, But it is the let me see the actual title here is top 10 most awkward moments on live TV. And it's about a five minute video. (laughs) And these are all things that have like happened in pop culture. There's a couple of news anchors and and ridiculous things that happen there. But they are painfully awkward. Like you watch it and second hand, third hand, fourth hand embarrassment will happen for you. Um, And uh, then I would tell people. All of these folks continued to have careers after these, they continued to live on, right? Uh, And these were things that were captured and this video has seven and a half million views, (laughs) right? So you may be feeling a little uncomfortable about this awkward conversation you're about to enter into, but likely, I can't guarantee this, it's not gonna be recorded and get seven and a half million views you just have to kind of push through it and do it. Um, And I also recently had a a friend who said to me that things are only awkward if you say they are. And I've thought about that a lot. And I feel that it's pretty true that if you, it's a mindset, right? And if you're going like, Oh, this is gonna be so awkward. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. Oh, like recognize it, name it. That's fine. Um, But Awkward is is not objective. <laughs> like it's very, very subjective. So just remember that. And I love the the things that um Beth said earlier too about and Gab said that if you are avoiding the conflict, you are avoiding the solution. And so sometimes we have to Get past the like yeah this initial bringing it up or the reaction that's going to happen is going to be uncomfortable and awkward, but in the end where we can get to is going to be really good and important. So um, show that video. It's always a favorite and you will get some good laughs and then can jump into your conversation about conflict resolution.
2: I love it. I'm going to look it up as soon as we're done recording today. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, that wraps things up for our first podcast of 2020. We wish you all the very best this year. Let's share our challenges and our successes and change the world together. Thanks for the listening friends.
0: Please remember no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a camp hacker podcast, Please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends.
2: Camp Hacker,
1: bringing your world into focus.